those of you who are joining us online, we just want to thank you for taking this time at, to, during your family celebration to join us. And we want to wish you and your family a very, very Merry Christmas. And although we won't be having service tomorrow morning, we want to make sure that you are invited to join us on Sunday, January 1st, 2023 at 10.30 in the morning for a very special New Year's Day service. We want to start the new year out right and be at church on Sunday, the 1st, January 1st, falls on a Sunday this year. So we are excited about that. Well, thank you for being here with us. And we do want to express Merry Christmas to you and your families. You know, Chris was saying it before we even got started that we really want to celebrate the true meaning of Christmas. And I don't know about you, but I'm one of those people that put up their tree before Thanksgiving. Who else is with me? Yeah, I have a few fellow tree people go before Thanksgiving. And I love the tree and the presents and the Christmas cookies and the fun time with family. But we do want to make sure that we are celebrating the true meaning of Christmas. And that is that Jesus Christ, our Savior, was born. You know, I think back to that very first Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Can you imagine all of heaven just being so super excited about Jesus' birth? And then all the angels in heaven, they're all excited, and they get released to the earth to come announce Jesus' birth. And who did they come announce it to first? The shepherds. Now, I have my theory about why they came to announce it to the shepherds first. After all, they were the caregivers of the sheep. Now, how many pet parents do I have in the room? Come on, you're a pet parent. You're parent of a dog parents, cat parents. I, myself. Do I have, yep, now I have Mike. Okay, I don't know if we heard all that, but I am a pet grandparent to a bunny at my house. So we love our fur babies. And can you think about the shepherds? You know, they were there with the sheep from the first day that they were born. They were there. And if a predator came around, they protected the sheep. If the sheep got sick, they cared for the sheep and took care of them while they were sick. You know, if they got lost, they went looking for them to make sure that they were brought back into the herd. Can you imagine these shepherds? They were pet parents. They cared for these sheep. They loved these sheep. And then on that day when the time for sacrifice came, and they had to give up their loved sheep for the blood to be shed for sacrifice for sin. It was a sad day, but they had to be so excited and the angels had to be so excited to bring them the good news 
that Jesus was to be born. And they knew that he was the Messiah, that he would live, that he would die, that he would be risen from the grave for, as a sacrifice for our sins so that then we can have a relationship with God like no generation has ever known before. So Isaiah 9, 6 says, For unto us a child is born, for to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. For 2023, we really want to go deeper. We have a word every year that we press into, and the word for 2023 that we're pressing into is deeper. And part of going deeper in 2023 is going to be that we want to bring a deeper focus on God's word and applying God's word to our lives and praying into what God's word says. So will you just join me for a few minutes? We're going to pray into these names of God. The kids did a great job telling you names of God. And here we have a few more about the birth of Christ, that he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. So God, we just take a moment to say thank you for sending your son. Jesus, we just want to thank you for coming, living, dying for us. God, we just thank you that you are our wonderful counselor. And we just ask that you would bring us counsel in every area of our lives, that we will seek you for counsel, that we will seek you for counsel in our parenting, that we will seek you for counsel in our relationships, that we will seek you for counsel as we go to work every day, that you will be our wonderful counselor. And we thank you that you are our wonderful counselor and our mighty God. God, we thank you for being mighty. We thank you that you are our mighty warrior, that you go before us, that you go behind us, that you give us strength, that you give us courage. We thank you that you are our mighty God. And we thank you that you are our mighty God and our everlasting Father. We thank you that you are a good, good Father. And any need that we have, we can bring to you. And we thank you that we can trust you with every situation that we face in our lives. Thank you for being our good, good Father. And finally, thank you for being our Prince of Peace. During this chaotic season of life at Christmas, when everything is in such a rush, we thank you that you bring us peace. And as our whole world seems to be in turmoil across the globe, God, we just thank you that we can press into you as our Prince of Peace. And we just pray that we will not give in to the world system, that we will be ambassadors of your peace, that we will carry your peace into every situation and everywhere there's a struggle, everywhere there's strife. God, I just pray that we will carry your peace into those situations, maybe into difficult family situations that we're getting ready to face even this weekend where things seem crazy with family situations. I just pray that we would just walk into the room carrying your peace. God, we thank you. Thank you for sending your son. Thank you for what you've done for us. We just thank you.
and we celebrate the true reason for the season, the birth of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Tracy. Um, just a really special time for us to gather um, on this Christmas Eve. And I want to point out the reality of the fact that we are here to celebrate the most celebrated event in the history of the world. Billions, literally this weekend alone, billions of Christians will gather to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. And we do understand that the crucifixion of Christ is the single most provable incident in the history of the world. So there's just something remarkable about um, this time of year on so many levels. And uh, I want to take us back in time, just in some of what Tracy's sharing about the shepherds. I want you to think about what was taking place in heaven just before um, this message was delivered to earth. So I'm going to speculate just a little bit, okay? Uh, we don't really know what all the communication is like in heaven. But imagine with me just for a moment a ripple through the heavens. It's time to make the announcement that the king of all kings, the son of God, will be born. The Messiah will now fulfill 330 prophecies written in scripture about the first coming of Christ. And Jesus fulfilled every single one of those. And so this ripple across the heaven, this communication happens somehow. Can you imagine? The Bible actually says in 1 Peter um, chapter 1 that angels are... Um, they are not as privy to the revelation of salvation as you and I are. It speaks of how the prophets of the Old Testament foretold something of salvation that they didn't really understand and how you and I now experience that salvation through Christ and angels are intrigued by that reality and that revelation of salvation. And so I don't know what all this was like, but you've got all these angels now. There's got to be this buzz in heaven. And then somehow the selection process begins of which angels are going to sing in this heavenly choir to announce that Jesus has come. Are you with me? This is like... I mean, I don't know what that would be like. I don't know if it's a selection process and like they were excited to be selected. I don't know if it was a foregone conclusion. I don't know how it happened, but imagine now all these long hours of preparation. They're, they're singing, they're, they're rehearsing perhaps, they're preparing, and then they get the order of service. It comes out and one of the angels, kind of like Chrissy, sends out the order of service and everybody looks at the order of service and they see what's taking place, but then they get down and they, they realize this is an announcement that's happening to shepherds. Like the grandeur of God is about to be announced in a way that it's actually hidden in the humanity of Jesus. And the announcement comes to lowly shepherds. And you need to understand just how lowly uh, the idea of the shepherd was particularly in that day so shepherds they were social outcasts they were religious outcasts uh, they were considered to be unclean for temple worship and in the midst of all of that they were classified in such a way that they actually would not even be allowed to testify in court 
if there was a uh, legal discussion or debate taking place and, and a, a shepherd was actually one that would be testifying, they would not even be allowed to testify in court. So you understand these are in, in so, also um, according to social statistics and evaluation of, of kind of their classification, like they were the lowest of the low. And the angels are getting this word like this is who we're going to make this announcement to. Now, I want you just to think about that for a moment. Because it really should speak something to us of this gospel message of Christ. And again, the grandeur of God hidden in the humanity of this unpopular, unknown, uh, just a, a nobody family hidden in Jesus. And this is the nature of the gospel of Christ that constantly takes over and over the opportunity to communicate to us that Jesus came to reach every single person on the planet. Aren't you thankful that unto us this child was born in such a way that every person on the entire planet could actually identify and relate to the humanity of God in Christ born in this manger in a stable in such an unassuming way. Just phenomenal when you stop to evaluate what was taking place in all of this. And then uh, I thought it was kind of interesting as I thought about this whole shepherd theme and now that we understand a little bit of the, um, you know, unexciting disposition of the shepherd. Abraham was a shepherd. Isaac was a shepherd. Jacob was a shepherd. Moses was a shepherd. David was a shepherd, a lowly shepherd. Through the lineage of Christ, we see these lowly shepherds. And ultimately, the one who identifies with us, the Lord is my... Isn't that amazing? Like, this is significant. This is important for us to recognize and understand. So I want to read out of Luke chapter 2, if you'll turn there in your Bibles. Luke chapter 2. I want to read about this announcement that took place <clears throat> to the shepherds on that day. Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby keeping watch over their flocks at night an angel of the lord appeared to them and the glory of the lord shone around them and they were terrified but the angel said to them do not be afraid and i want you just to hear this declaration i bring you good news could everybody say good news I bring you good news that will cause great joy. Would you say great joy? This is a really important um, element of what I believe that the Lord wants to do in this moment in time for us together tonight in our just few moments that we have together. Good news, great joy for all people. Good news, great joy for all people. You hear the essence of this. No matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, has anyone here ever disqualified yourself from being used by God, perhaps maybe even loved by God? And, and again, good news, great joy, all people coming to the shepherds. The Lord is my shepherd. He's constantly trying to communicate to us, no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, no matter how disqualified, self-disqualified you may feel. God is here to awaken something of hope within our hearts. Verse 11, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. 
And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Peace. I, I believe there is something for us to understand of the revelation of peace tonight. Um, and I, I think it is something that the Lord actually wants to do in our time of just pressing into him. And just a, a, a little bit, we're going to come back into a place of worship. And as we uh, started to light candles tonight in the final expression of, of our participating uh, tonight in a declaration of love, this is about all of the progression of these concepts and ideas, and today is the pinnacle expression of love when we're talking about uh, that whole expression and and sometimes it's just literally taking uh, a physical match and lighting a flame and declaring that there's something of an expression of that in my own life by doing that so even as we go back into worship if you didn't get a chance to light one of the candles there's a whole table back there two tables and then uh, tables up here as well glory to God verse 14 glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests Verse 15, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off. I love this. They wasted no time. They got the message. They wasted no time. They hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word. So they wasted no time, and they spread the word. They spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. You know, we've recently started to look at solitude and reflection. And the importance of what that looks like in developing a spiritual life where we uh, adopt the practices we see in the life of Jesus. And solitude and reflection is a part of that. And hear the sound of that even in this. Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. There were times of solitude where she was reflecting what God had been revealing. And it began to grow and come alive in her. More than just the physical baby of Jesus, the revelation of Christ was coming alive as she entered into these times of solitude and reflection and then finally verse 20 it says and the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God and those are the three things I want to just point out about the shepherds they wasted no time they spread the word they glorified and praised God for all the things that they heard and they had seen which were just as they had been told so I just want to encourage you that tonight we might take that story and just embrace the reality that we need to become maybe a little more like the shepherds. Rather than disqualifying ourselves, we recognize God has chosen us. God has decided for whatever reason, he wants to make his announcements to us and awaken things within us. And when we begin to hear what the Lord desires to reveal, something is actually awakened within us that has the power to transform the world around us. But we have to we have to not waste any time, and we need to spread the word, and we begin to glorify God. And this has been a focus for us just in the month of December, this whole idea of the awareness of the nearness of God. He is near. He is here. Like, I have to 
be honest with you, when we do something like this and it's more of a Christmas Eve service, I, I, I really have to battle the idea of getting up and trying to make a presentation. More than ever, I have to battle that. Because it's really not about making a religious presentation. Like, unto us a child was born. Jesus is alive. He's not dead. He's alive by his spirit. He's here in this room. He's not only with us, he's within us. And he's mightily at work among us. And learning even to worship in a way that we understand he's with us, he's within us, he's at work among us. Learning to share in his word together when we gather like this in a way that we recognize he's with us, he's within us. If you've accepted Christ as your Savior, then you are spiritually alive. And he then is at work within you in a powerful and profound way. This is the fulfillment of the scripture where the Messiah Jesus came to the earth to cause us to be spiritually alive. Hearing and sensing the voice of what the Father is desiring to reveal. Right now, are you listening to what God is desiring to say? Just in our brief moments that we have. So here, here's the, the conclusion of what I want to challenge you with. I'm going to ask that the worship team will go ahead and come back. I'm really glad you're here. Thanks for making time in the midst of all the family activities. Uh, it is important that we certainly purpose in a time of Christmas that can be so commercialized in the society that you and I live in, that we step away from that fast-paced commercialization long enough to really evaluate the heart and soul and the foundation of why uh, this time of year is so very important. We are broken people in a fallen world who have the privilege of looking to a risen king to introduce us to an eternal perspective that we were originally designed by God to understand. You need to understand what I'm saying. This is why Jesus came. Because Adam and Eve sinned, they disobeyed, and that caused the fall of humanity. That's why Jesus had to come. That's why Jesus had to die. And we are broken people in a fallen world who look to a risen king to introduce us to the eternal perspective of God. And when we start to process the eternal perspective of God rather than the temporal perspective of the world, something within us begins to come alive in a way that it simply isn't without that. That's why the Word of God is so important. That's why prayer is so important. That's why our gathering is so important. Just coming together as the church, processing the eternal nature of God in a way that it's awakening who God actually originally designed us to be. We are broken people in a fallen world looking to a risen King who can introduce us to the eternal perspective of God. And it changes everything about who we are. Just a couple of days ago, I had a, a conversation with somebody, and this is uh, what I, I just felt the Lord was saying. He wants to do this for us tonight. Um, this, this individual had, had gotten some, some challenging news that created a lot of anxiety. And uh, I just shared a prayer that I have recently written out of some scripture. And in that exchange, uh, that individual just said, I'm just going to take some time, turn on some music. And just pray that prayer. Pray those verses back to God. And it was just moments later, and they sent me this message. 
I feel my body calming down right now as his presence is flowing into me. In the midst of anxiety, remember he's the prince of peace. And he came for all of us lowly shepherds. I don't care what you've done. You've not disqualified yourself from the grace of God. <clears throat> and he wants to reach into our lives. And I believe that the Lord wants to address some of the issues of stress, anxiety, uncertainty, and release that peace to us. This person said, I'm just going to read the whole message. I, I'm starting to feel my body calm down as God's presence seems to flow into me. I am amazed how he just washes the anxiety away. It feels like liquid love. A literal weight has been lifted off of my chest. There's something happening right now deep within me. It feels amazing. I need this every day of my life. How many of you know that is absolutely true? Come on, would you stand? Lord, I pray that we would understand you are with us, you are within us, and you are at work among us. We're a broken people in a fallen world who needs a risen king to awaken the eternal perspective of God within us, where we begin to encounter this exchange in a way that we find ourselves calming down as your presence flows into us. I pray right now, Lord, you would wash away anxiety in such a way that it would be as a sense of liquid love, a literal weight being lifted off of people in this room right now in Jesus' mighty name. I'm not just uh, speaking hopeful rhetoric. I'm speaking by the Spirit of God because Jesus is with us. He's within us. And he's at work among us. We are a broken people in a fallen world, and this risen king is introducing us right now to the eternal perspective of God. And as he's doing it, this anxiety is being washed away. This stress is being removed, and this weight on your chest and on your shoulders is being lifted. There's something happening right now. This amazing sense of God doing something profound within us, we must have every single day. It's how we've been designed by God to live, to encounter God and to experience God and to know his presence as our way of life. It's why Jesus demonstrated the practice of getting up in the morning and finding a place of prayer. And as he gets in that place of prayer, his communion and interaction with the Father would break off all of the perspectives of the world that would try to hold him back. And everywhere he would walk, the kingdom of God would begin to be released in a powerful, profound, and significant way. We are a fallen people. We look to a risen king. He is introducing us in this broken world to the eternal perspective of God. And everywhere we go, as we process the presence of God Almighty, something within us begins to be awakened, and God is with us, God is within us, and God is mightily at work among us. By the Spirit of God, Lord, I just break that stress 
I break that anxiety in Jesus' mighty name. You are the Prince of Peace. The chastisement of our peace was upon your broken body. We celebrate unto us a child is born. A son has been given. And the nearness of God is a treasure to behold. Awaken us, Lord, to a greater awareness of that nearness of God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, this all begins by you understanding, exploring, and embracing that Jesus is who he says he is. I didn't used to serve God. I didn't want to serve God. I had no interest in the things of God. And suddenly, something within my heart came alive as I sensed this risen king introducing me to the eternal perspective of God. Maybe you're sensing that tonight. And I just say, would you surrender to Jesus fresh and new? Maybe for the first time for some hearing the sound of my voice in the room or maybe online. But I just say, we all need to accept who Jesus truly is. He's the Savior of the world. He came to rescue all humanity in this fallen world. We were a broken people. And he began to introduce us to the risen perspective of this eternal nature of God. So, Lord, today we acknowledge you are the Son of God. You are who you say you are. The single most provable incident in the history of the world is the crucifixion of Christ. The most widely celebrated event in the history of the world is the birth of Jesus Christ. You really are who you say you are. You really are right here, right now, in this room, awakening things within our own hearts. We acknowledge you are the Son of God. We receive salvation that only comes through the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, if you believe that, why don't you say amen and amen, and let's give him praise and adoration. He is worthy of our praise. He is worthy. Come on, let's lift up the name of Jesus. We celebrate. Our lives have never been the same since we came to know Christ. The shepherds wasted no time. They praised and glorified God and they shared the wonderful news of Christ. The way we share the wonderful news of Christ is first and foremost, we experience that news from him, with him, as we just allow the Lord to awaken things within our hearts. That's the power of our worship. It's the power of our devotion time, getting in the word, gathering all the things that we do as Christians. That message comes alive within us. And then we carry that into the world around us in a powerful, profound, and significant way. So come on, let's press in. And let's take just a little more time in worship. And this might be a moment where you want to go and light one of the candles. It just becomes this declaration. I'm declaring the love of God is a fire that's being lit in the world around me. Everywhere I go, the Bible actually speaks of us as the servants of God, as those who are the carriers of the flame and the fire of God. What a powerful, powerful reality. We're going we're gonna to learn more about that. God's stirring so much about that as we step into this next year and we grow deeper together in our relationship with the Lord. Father, we just bring our worship to you and we say, 
Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. We give thanks for who you are, for the reality of Christ that is awakened within us today in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, let's take just a few moments in worship before we're dismissed for the evening.